Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute. Hello and welcome back to Joe vs. the Minute, where we are taking you to the volcano one minute at a time. We are back in our studio at sea. I'm Jarf, and that is Tierney. I just love the studio at sea thing. I don't know what, like, I mean, I get why I'm amused by it, but I don't know why it tickles me so much. Well, that's what I'm here for. And we are also joined at sea by a special guest this week, Elaine from the Angus IT podcast, which is a podcast about the hilarities of having anxiety and depression. Welcome, Elaine. Thank you. I am so excited to get tickled by you. I wondered, yeah, I said it out loud, and I'm sorry already. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm really glad Jarf introduced you, because I needed to hear it out loud to get the name of your podcast. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite, like, weird thing about it, because Jarf and I were talking about this a little earlier. It's It's a weird slow burn for a lot of people. I think everyone just thinks I have an extreme love of cows, which, don't get me wrong, cows are great. But yeah, I highly enjoyed how incredibly weird it is and when people get what's happening it brings me such delight because it really is dumb so there is no uh shame for not understanding it because it really is just that outlandish and it's such a great payoff once you do get it because it's uh, angus anxiety yes But today we're talking about a different kind of mental illness, a made-up one without a clever pun, but with a good name. It's got alliteration, soul sickness, if that's the one that you're referring to. It Mm. absolutely is. And I guess I shouldn't say made up, because obviously what she's describing is a real feeling that lots of people have had. But she just refers to, I'm soul sick, and I'm like, that's not a recognized thing. (laughs) Well, before we get there, let's... Let me set it up. So we are talking about minute 61 of Joe versus the Volcano. And it begins with, as Tierney alluded to, Patricia telling Joe why she's telling him all this. And it ends with Patricia saying she looks forward to the weird dreams sleeping on a boat can give you. Could that be foreshadowing? (laughs) I think it might. I think it just might. I don't remember them doing this in the previous minute, but... I noticed in this minute, they're really trying to sell and remind us that we're at sea. So they're doing this handheld camera thing and sort of wobbling it around as she's talking about being at sea just to, to give you that same kind of... It's the same way it feels here in uh, in our studio. It's a little bit of a, an adjustment going from the Panoscopic Studios. We just moved there. It was oh, all nice. We had all the toys around. Oh, am I going to have to add the sound of the clangs and the bells and everything? <laughs> right. <laughs> My favorite favorite ambient noise was ding. This is the ambient noise in this minute? Yes. <laughs> like with the background of the sea, I totally hear what you're saying too. Like there was a lot of like ocean waves and sounds I was hearing and it felt very much like we were at a harbor. I also love that Joe gets some lighting love too. We were talking about how perfectly Patricia is lit as she's giving her speech and how he's just lying there in bed, giving her essentially nothing. And this minute he gets to be a person too. And I'm so glad we didn't record this part of our podcast out of order because I love this minute so much more. Having had that whole discussion about Joe being closed off, but he's opened himself up to people before and gotten the door slammed shut in his metaphorical face. And when he, his little smile 
smile when he says, I'm glad you believe me. It was just like, I am melting with love. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my first note was Tom Hanks' furrowed brow. <laughs> I just love the way that he's sitting there and he he's not jumping in, but you can tell he is absorbing what she's saying when she's bearing her soul. And, and I was melting with love too. I have to admit, Elaine, that I didn't notice the ding. And this is why it's great to have guests on our podcast because I won't speak for Tierney, but often I find they catch things that I didn't notice. And I, I think maybe when you're coming on as a guest, you're really thinking, I'm I'm going to watch those minutes. And we do this every week. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I've shared with our fellow Movies by Minute podcasters that you set out with the best intentions and you settle into a groove of hastily watching the minutes right before you record. That's just the way that it goes. So yes, I don't always catch everything. And I think it's also a I don't know where you are from, Elaine, but I think that's an inland Pennsylvania thing talking because that was one of the first things I heard was the pickup in background noise of being on the boat. But I think it's because she's talking about sleeping on the boat and his little like, no, you know, I, I think what you're referring to with the furrowed brow is when he's thinking about and he there's that smile. I'm telling you, I don't know that this is the moment he falls in love with Patricia, but... I think there is definitely something here. Like, she believe he is opened up to her. She believes him. They have shared a moment. And then she changes the subject. But it's pointing out to him, like, you're doing something new and exciting that you've never done before. Yeah, and I can, I really like how vulnerable he is, even though he doesn't say a lot. Like, the only thing he mentions is, you know, he's glad that he, uh, she believes him. And it really does come out in his facial expressions. Like, Jarf mentioned the, fur the furrowed brow. Like, I took a lot of notes about this is like Tom Hanks doing many different faces at once. <laughs> but as someone who also, like, you know, there's always that weirdness when you're trying to see if someone will believe you. And it is very vulnerable. And because Patricia is being so open here, you can kind of sense that he He's almost afraid to accept it too, I think, because there is a vulnerability in connecting with someone like that. So I really liked that he actually was quiet for most of the scene because I think that's very relatable. It's kind of like a, a what do I do with feelings moment. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that. I I have had complicated feelings because I first saw this movie when I was a lot younger. And so I kind of grew up and my interpretation of this minute has changed wildly over the years. And one of the things was I remember going through a phase where, oh, was it my 20s or late teens where I didn't like the fact that she says, you say you didn't and I believe you. And I was kind of like, well, that's kind of implying that maybe she doesn't 100% believe him, but she's just choosing to believe him. And like, that opens the door. And now that I'm older, I'm just like, just take it. Take the win, you know? <laughs> take the W however you get it. I don't think I appreciated when I was at that point where I'd like been in some relationships, but let's face it, not very good ones where I didn't recognize the vulnerability or maybe on some level I recognized it was like, this is bad. The bad things can happen when you do that. Don't do that. <laughs> and now that I am older and wiser and, you know, obviously know how this movie ends, duh. But <laughs> there is part of it where it's like, oh no, this is kind of like their first, this is their first real connection. They weren't connecting in these earlier minutes where she's talking to him. Like, she's talking to him. But here it becomes a back and forth. And I like that then she's like, okay, <laughs> that's done. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
So it is, it does look like their first real connection. And Tierney mentioned earlier, we are on the lookout for the sign for when Joe first falls in love with Patricia. And this is a a quest that we started stemming from our conversation last week uh, with James. He has the theory that that moment occurs when Patricia goes to save her boat. So we'll, we'll see if that bears out or if it's more of a gradient up until that. I think we need a name for the love watch, Tierney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, love watch doesn't really have the ring to it. What would Joe and Patricia's celebrity name be? You mean their ship name? Yeah. Poe. Is it just Poe? Can Oscar Isaac be our mascot for the love watch? Because I don't know him personally, but I've seen many interviews and he seems like he'd be down for it. Dream big. Well, I was thinking we needed some kind of thermometer where we gauge how close they are. And so... To Joe Trisha? Like a love volcano and you fill it in with lava and then when it explodes, that's when they fall in love. Yes. Okay, I can edit this out from the thing. But I totally have all the ingredients in my kitchen right now. We could do a little volcano thing video when we decide they are in love. This 100% <laughs> has to happen. Yes! Just oh make sure God, you document so all the document all the process pictures. Yes! So that we, so I that expect we can... little uh, paper cutouts of their heads and like like weird clay figures, like a like a horrible claymation or something. <laughs> oh my God! All right. Well, Jarf, they can't fall in love until next month when I. Um, I'm no longer working 35 hours a week and I have more free time. (laughs) I can make this happen. I'm sorry, everybody. I can't hang out. I have to go make a volcano and creepily film it with these little paper figures. I'm so sorry. It's a whole thing. Don't worry about it. So we talked about Joe's reaction. Let's talk about Patricia's feelings that she shares and the way she describes them. So she says that we're on a little boat for a while and I'm soul sick and and you're going to see that. My first thought was that I should have given Tierney a similar speech before we started the podcast together because doing a podcast together is not unlike being on a little boat for a while. So I didn't and yet it still worked out and we're here. And we're here. And just so Elaine knows, what I was referencing is that I am leaving my job at the end of the month. And the episodes we are releasing now are when he's quitting his job. And it's very clear in my voice like that that's about to happen. And I didn't know it yet. (laughs) (laughs) And so you can actually hear my existential breakdown if you listen to, what are we, in minutes 20, you know, 20, 24. (laughs) I'm just like, why do I go to work every day? And now I'm putting them out into the world like, two more weeks <laughs> i absolutely love that like i think when people listen to my podcast i'm like can they tell i'm having a mental breakdown right now as i just happily talk about like here's how you go to the grocery store and not freak out <laughs> i'm freaking out but here's how you could do it <laughs> yeah i believe in you just not me <laughs> oh tyranny that meta level of appreciating our podcast that makes me feel like no one is enjoying this podcast more than me since <laughs> We had guests like trying to comfort me, like, are you okay? Like during recordings. Let's talk about how you feel. Do you relate to Meg Ryan here in this scene? Are you revealing something deeper about yourself right now? 
But I've been, like I said, I in my late 20s, when I went away to grad school, I didn't know what I was doing with my life. I actually couldn't watch this movie for a little while because I would get way too in my head about not knowing what I was doing with my life. And her talking about being soul sick would really hit me in the feels is how the kids say it. <laughs> no, I t- so I totally felt that because I am 25 right now. So I uh, is what I refer to as my hot mess stage. So when she Enjoy. like <laughs> the lighting on her eyes, so you can see they're kind of glistening, like there's so much emotion coming out of her when she's describing soul sick. And I had never heard soul sick before. So when I heard that, like, honestly, it's stuck with me ever since. And I'm like, am, am I soul sick? But I think everyone's had a moment in their life when they have been soul sick. So I I love that a lot of people could relate to that. And going back to the fact uh, when she mentioned she's stuck on a little boat, so she might as well reveal all her secrets, essentially. I think that is so true to real life. I sometimes feel with mental health, a lot of people feel like it's out of necessity. You should reveal some of your quirks and mannerisms just because it's going to be hard to hide. So in a way, I really felt for her in that scene because obviously she wanted to share this with Joe, but a part of it might have felt like, well, I'm hopeless, clearly, so I might as well just tell you because it's so apparent. So I think it shows a lot about Patricia and how she's feeling about herself in that moment, along with her connection with Joe. It's very quiet. It feels... <laughs> You're stunned to silence. No, I was going to say that I think it really helps me understand what she's talking about. You know, not just having been through it myself, but the fact that she says, like my sister, she's soul sick too. And you can kind of see like Angelic and Patricia are very different characters at very different places. But the fact that she puts this equivalency between them, I I think kind of helps you zoom in on what she's talking about. There's something off that they're both dealing with. And for them, it's stemming from not exactly the same place. They both have an issue with their relationship with their father. I guess it's pretty similar, but Angelica has the added layer that she feels insecure about her professional life. And Patricia's more defined by just just wanting to break away and be independent, but then being pulled back in. Yeah, I think it's, you know, like I said, they're at very different places in their lives and they're doing different things. But at their core, neither of them is really comfortable with who they are. Because we we were talking about how she even admits her snottiness, her her level of comfort and power is kind of an act. <laughs> and And let's be fair. For most people, most of the time, it's always an act. Like, very few people are Beyonce. And uh, maybe she's faking it and just very good. Only one person is Beyonce, but you're right. Everyone is faking it all the time. I feel it. And I, I also, like you said, Elaine, I like that she is sharing this and I like that she is being open about it. And it is, it is revealing that she's, she's gotten to the place where she's comfortable with that. And I also I find personally that it's good to talk about it if you're going to have a real working relationship with someone or, or personal relationship. It, it it can't just be the elephant in the room because it's going to affect so many aspects of your relationship. That's and but I, I don't know that I never thought it through that way because I tend to think of it in the bigger picture that it, it's so important to destigmatize anxiety and depression. And so generally, when I think, oh, we should talk about that, it's be, I'm thinking, oh, because 
because when people don't talk about it, it leads to so many bad things. But also it just can clear the air and at least you kind of know what you're dealing with. And and now Joe knows that he he's on a boat with someone who's soul sick. He's got his issues too. So this is the thing that gets them on the path to really sharing at a deeper level. What I really love too is after this really vulnerable deep moment, she goes back into this like playful mode of have you ever slept on a boat? Like it's just it reminds me of like you're at camp with your friend or something like it was so cute and playful and just kind of this nice let me lighten up the mode and um, the mood let me lighten up the mood. And I thought that was a really good segue that kind of shows again that they've really opened up to each other. And now she's going to let him in on this I guess quirk about her is that she loves sleeping on the boat because of the dreams she has. Yeah, I like that too. And it didn't feel like the kind of switch where it's, I've become super uncomfortable with what we're talking about. So I'm just going to hastily change the subject. It's like you said, now that they have this more comfortable rapport. And so I do want to pivot but I'm going to pivot to something personal about myself and just share this quirky tidbit. Well, and the the Patricia that greeted Joe on the dock doesn't care if he's ever slept on a boat before. You know, whereas this now they've had that connection. Now they see each other as real people. Does that make sense? Is that what I'm trying to say? But, you it know, makes sense. They, they now can have a conversation and a back and forth. And uh, hey, it's really cool. <laughs> It's like the the vulnerable small talk. It's better than small talk, but it's still small talk. Right. <laughs> Which I think you need a healthy dose of in your life. You do. So Definitely. Elaine, you mentioned her saying she's soul sick and how you responded to it. And it makes me want to ask, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? What's What's your background with the movie overall? My background is quite limited. And (laughs) so I remember when I was, oh gosh, I think it was elementary school. So Tyranny, I'm right there with you. I was quite young uh, when I guess I saw it. So I know my dad watched it a lot and I I must have just been in the same room and uh, it captured my attention because it's definitely a different movie. So I had a lot of, um, I think I was very confused a lot, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it was really captivating. So I have very loose memories. And then when I was actually, you know, rewatching these minutes, and I gave myself a refresher kind of going through the different scenes, things kind of came back to me. And it was really interesting having some different feelings about some of these scenes, because I actually also thought originally that Patricia was being like a little sassy and throwing shade at Tom at Joe. And <laughs> I was I don't know. It was a very interesting experience to come back now that I'm older, lived more life, and to just kind of see those differences. Nice. You mentioned that you were confused at some scenes, and I wonder if there were sort of similar to the way Tierney is described when she would see Return to Oz when she was younger, and basically it's, oh, some stuff happened in Canvas, Canvas, Kansas, But then it was once they got to Oz that she really tuned in. Was it the similar thing with you and maybe the first act when he is still at his lousy job, when he's going shopping in New York, all of that? Did you find that you paid more attention once it got to the more colorful parts of the movie? Definitely, definitely. Like, I think my most vivid memory is when they're on the island doing all the 
dancing and everything like that really captured my attention and i had no interest uh or care about corporate america (laughs) i was like ew that's gross i'll never grow up (laughs) problem solved heck yeah But now um, I am in corporate America, so I uh, I quite understand it now. I was going to say, Jeff, when you phrased it as the shopping trip in New York, I was like, now, now, we had that TV show where the kids went through the Toys R, Us, Toys R Us and you had to get the most and you got to keep what you could have with the shopping carts. And I went, am I... I didn't imagine this. I know there was Supermarket Sweep because my Uncle John was on it, but there was a kid's version with a toy store. A kid's version of Supermarket's... uh, That sounds awesome. Instead of Supermarket, it was Toys... Maybe it wasn't Toys R Us, but it was something like that. Because I just remember kids trying to like fit bikes in a shopping cart. Like, (laughs) no, I want this so bad. I love that ambition. (laughs) But so... What was your point, Tierney? As delightful <laughs> that as that kids could be excited about shopping sprays. I'm sorry. My oh. point was that in the in the air of the 90s, we had this idea. And we also had Mannequin, which just portrayed the whole fun of being in the shopping mall oh, when Char. no one was around. Why? Why would we bring up Mannequin again? <laughs> I think it's implied in our mandate. No, it's definitely not. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm really sorry, Elaine. The first time it came up organically, fine. It comes up again, these things happen. But Mannequin is now becoming like a companion piece and it scares me. (laughs) Because I don't want to talk about Mannequin one minute at a time. Oh no. (laughs) Patreon episode though. I am getting Nickelodeon Super Toy Run. That has a lot of words that sound right for childhood. Yep, it's yes. a spinoff of Supermarket Sweep designed for children. And they have five minutes to grab whatever toys they can get their hands on at Toys R Us. R.I.P. Hey. Toys R Us. That makes me anxious thinking about it. Like as a child, I would have been like, I don't even know where to begin. That was one of the first, because like my, I call him my Uncle John, my dad's best friend and his wife, I assume they were married at that point. They were on Supermarket Sweep in the 80s in all their matching sweater glory. (laughs) No. Nothing has ever more clearly shown the difference between Uncle John and Aunt Jen and my parents to me than the fact that John and Jen were on Supermarket Sweep. And that literally sounds like my parents' idea of hell on earth. (laughs) It's like, oh, not all grownups are the same. They have different likes and interests. (laughs) And what sounds Fun to some of them does not to others. <laughs> Look, it's mannequin supermarket sweep. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this I is have such a journey. No segue back. <laughs> <laughs> We're lost in the abyss. Uh, let's we all started out arms. talking about actual mental health issues, and now and now here we are. <laughs> we might be revealing some mental health issues talking about mannequin. There. <laughs> <laughs> There's kind of an unhealthy crush on Andrew McCarthy happening. That's all right. I can admit that in retrospect. Patricia doing her then really quick. And I'm going to turn around and go bye. Um, That also cracked me up. Like it felt very whimsical. Like it still fit with the scene. It just was like maybe a moment for her where she's like, "Uh oh, I connected. Okay, that's weird. I liked it. Um, Nope. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. It's fine. I'll talk later. I liked it. Okay, goodbye. (laughs) That feels very real. So should we reconvene to talk about Patricia's goodbye and the next scene on Wednesday? What do you say, Elaine? Can you join us again on Wednesday? Yes, I look forward to it. That would be fantastic. Would you like to tell our listeners where they can find you in the meantime? 
Certainly. So Angus IT, my podcast, that's Angus like the cow, I like the body part, and T like the drink, can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Angus IT. And you should be able to find me if you find me on your favorite podcatcher. I'm the one that has a purple background and a weird cow. Those are some life goals right there. So you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Joe versus Minute. And if you're on Facebook and you want to interact with your fellow listeners, you can join our private Facebook group, the Joe versus a Minute Listeners Luggage Raft. Where to now, Tierney? Away from the things of man, of course. Having crazy dreams as we drift away from the things of man. Now I don't know. I don't know. Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.